Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Muhammad resident Megan Hennessy, who was a member of the Muhammad Seymour Board of Education for what, about four years, I guess, and uh, has lived in Muhammad uh, close to 11 years now. So first of all, Megan, uh, welcome. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for having me. Well, I remember back when I was working at the Citizen, which uh, was most of 2017, I went to almost all the school board meetings, and I think I saw you at uh, virtually every one of them. So what, um, I guess, starting at that point, what, what were some things that you observed that uh, maybe kind of made you decide that uh, you wanted to be a part of that? Well, I, as most people know, have two children who attend the school district, and so as a parent, I was pretty involved with things like the PTO. I was in the school buildings pretty frequently, helping out in classrooms, helping out with activities. And as a face that people saw regularly in the school buildings, I had parents and staff coming up to me to talk to me about some of the concerns that they were seeing and having around bullying, around technology, around curriculum. So I started to plug in in a more in, in intentional manner and go to school board meetings and attempt to talk to the school board about those types of things and some of the concerns that I was hearing about and some of the concerns that I had as a parent. And that was interesting. And I just, at that point, didn't really feel like I was getting very many answers. And so the great thing about America is you can run for office. And so based on some of the thoughts that I had about changes I'd like to see in the district and some of the communication that I had with parents and staff and kids, I decided to give it, give it a go. And I, I did and I won and served four years. So not putting words in your mouth, but I, I would guess that um, when you ran and did that, you, you did it because you felt like you could make a difference, uh, right? I did. I did feel like I could make a difference. And I'm the type of person where I don't like to simply bring up issues or do what might people might consider complaining without having some suggestions or be willing to roll my sleeves up and get involved in uh, making changes and making a difference. And I have a degree in psychology. I have an MBA. And I thought some of those skills could serve the community and the district well. And so I wanted to offer my services to the community in that way uh, and hope to make a difference. So kind of translate how you would go from wanting to make a difference to what kind of specific goals you had uh, after you won election and what were you what were you hoping to be able to accomplish? Well, I was hoping to bring some of the issues that I heard in the community to the forefront and have those discussed by the board, by the administration, and to really see some differences in policies and I guess behavioral changes on the part of the district that would then trickle down and become behavioral changes in the schools in terms of kids' behavior in the way that we approach staff problems. And I think that when I ran, the, the concerns that I had are really, I felt like I stayed pretty true to those ideas about transparency and curriculum and bullying and inclusion and kids' voices. And I felt like in the four years that I served, those were the pillars that I continued to come back to and ask for discussion and movement on. 
So as far as your expectations and then the reality, what, uh, how, did, how did those uh, coincide or, or did they coincide? That is a great question. I did not expect to have so much pushback when just asking to have discussions about some of these issues. I really had the idea going into it that as a school board member, you could bring concerns to the board and that the fellow board members, that was the space where if we were all in it for what we said we were in it, which is the betterment of the community and the district and specifically the kids, then those meetings were the place where we would have those types of discussions and grapple with the challenges that the district and the kids were facing. But reality was such that a lot, I had a really difficult time getting any of those topics onto agendas for discussion. When they were on there, the few times they did make it on, there was very little discussion and there seemed to be a lot of pushback without a lot of reasons behind the pushback. And then I never really felt like there was a lot of movement or changes associated with those topics. So why do you think that is? Why was it so difficult to, to get topics on the, the agenda and then get discussion about them? That is such a good question. I'm not sure to this day I know the answer. I think part of it is that maybe people felt like as a school board member, you had to have all of the answers. And my approach was such that I didn't think it was so important that we had the answers because these are really tough issues and topics. And I don't think there's a single answer that solves any of these problems. My approach was that the discussion and the bringing into the light all of the challenges would be beneficial in starting those kinds of conversations that would then result in some changes and betterment of those situations. But I don't feel like perhaps the rest of the board felt like they wanted to have those types of discussions without having predetermined answers. And these are topics that are not easy and they don't have answers. I think that they're topics that are challenging, require more than just a board, more than just administrators. It really requires the entire community. And perhaps there was some fear about having those types of discussions in public when we're supposed to be maybe seen as those people who have answers and you don't really have the ability to answer some of those, those topics. It's just, it's really just more of an exercise in making conversation turn into small changes that then impact, you know, betterment in those areas. But the thing is, those topics aren't going to go away. So, I mean, <laughs> you they know, aren't going to go away. And I think that is part of the frustration that I felt. And the reason that I kept wanting to bring it up, kept requesting that we have those topics on the agenda because they are important and they are really impactful specifically to the kids. Things like bullying, things like curriculum, things like how we address those types of issues in the classroom are really fundamental to kids having a good experience and having education be positive for them. And they're not gonna go away. Bullying has been around as long as we've been around and it's been along, around probably as long as humans have been around. 
So it's not a topic that I think we solve, but I think an environment where those types of challenges are open and available for discussion and the kids understand that the adults are invested in trying to make changes that impact kids, that's the important part of the discussion. So it is perplexing to me as to why we wouldn't have those kinds of discussions because those topics, as you said, are not going away. They will continue to follow us, continue to impact kids. And we're still hearing that it's having a lot of impact on many of our students and it's not a positive impact. So it's important that we figure out how to address that for them. Well, it's no secret that there is divisiveness among the board, but I wonder how much of that, if any, can be traced back to maybe the national political climate since about 2016, because it seems like what, what we're seeing here is not like, you know, this is an anomaly. I mean, it seems like nationwide we're, we're seeing these kind of, of uh, you know, issues and this kind of uh, divisiveness. I could not agree more. I think one of the, the thoughts that I had is I think we have forgotten the art of talking to someone who has a different opinion than we do. And I do think it's an art form and I think it's, a, it's something that we have to practice in order to do well. And the idea that we can put labels on people and as a result of those labels feel like we're entitled to just not have to listen to their ideas, to not have to feel uncomfortable because our, our belief system might be um, in opposition to their belief system, or they might bring up a topic that makes us uncomfortable. And our willingness to just shut that down entirely, I think is, is part of our national crisis and is seen locally and is spilling into areas where it shouldn't be because the school board is a nonpartisan role. It really shouldn't come down to party lines. It really should be a group of people focused on the same set of priorities. And those, in my opinion, those priorities should be making sure that kids have a safe space to go to school, parents understand the curriculum and what's being taught to their kids, that it's an environment where kids see adults as uh, people who will look out for their best interest, will get involved, when they need help and will help these kids grapple with some of the tougher, you know, things that we come up against in a meaningful way that both supports them and teaches them how to deal with some of these hard issues. Well, and, and from my view, part, part of that as well is, you know, not just not necessarily listening to what the other person has to say, but just feeling like whatever your opinion, whatever your side is, is right. And there is no other way. And so I guess that's kind of, you know, in, in essence, what you are saying, not listening to, to the other side. But I, I remember, you know, going back, I, I had aunts and uncles that would say things and we'd be at reunions and I, we'd be going home. My, my mother and my father would say, well, that's the way they feel. But, uh, you know, you don't have to feel that way. And, and you know, but we would, we would listen and we would always be cordial with each other. But I, I feel like we've really gotten away from, from that aspect, haven't we? we? We certainly have. And it's been made political. And one of the kind of personal beliefs that I have is I don't like labels. I feel like labels are a way to fit someone into a box of my own creation and that box has certain parameters and I make judgments about that box that may or may not actually reflect how that person thinks, how that person feels, how that person lives. 
And so I think it's a really dangerous place to be where we are so quick to label someone without ever having a conversation with them, without understanding how they feel about certain topics, because your label and your definition of whatever word you want to put on that label may be completely opposite of how that person is. And if you never have a conversation with them because you've labeled them, then it causes divisiveness and you're really missing out. And I think it's it's you being able to judge someone without really understanding who that person is. And so once that political labeling comes into an arena like a school board, I think it creates walls that shouldn't be there. And it just makes it easier for people to uh, disregard what someone says without actually listening to what it was that they were saying. So obviously a, a learning experience for you from the four years on the school board, what, what do you feel like are some of the things that, that you learned, both good and bad? <laughs> well, I think I learned how to listen to community and try and make a space for voices that didn't feel represented. Uh, I always hoped that I could do that, but that gave me an actual place to try and create space for voices that felt underrepresented or underheard. And I think my ability to say things that um, were uncomfortable and a little bit scary, it's sometimes scary to have to vocalize uh, in a public venue what it is that you think, why it is that you think that, knowing that some people might not receive that well, might come back at you in an unprofessional manner, but having the, the ability to speak those words anyway, I think I got better at that as time went along. Uh, I think one of the things I would have done differently is I would have used my voice earlier on uh, more than I did, but I think I didn't have that skill set early on. So as time went on, that was one of the things that I got more comfortable doing and was more comfortable uh, using that voice. And so um, I think one of the other things that I learned is that I'm more cautious about labeling people that I don't know um, because I felt so labeled by people who had never had a conversation with me, never spoken a word, but on social media would feel uh, very free to ascribe what they thought my motives were to speak for me, uh, to represent my viewpoint, most of the time inaccurately. Uh, but it makes me now pause before I feel like I'm going to speak for someone else if I don't really know what it is that they think and why why they feel that way. So those are some of the things that I learned. I did learn that kids' voices are really important and I think we need to find a way to magnify them and include them at the table and in the discussions that they really can be very uh, important in our discussion about their education. They know a lot more than sometimes we think that they do and their perspective is very different. And I think it's an important perspective that it, it will be more vital as we go along. And so my ability to kind of clear the noise and make sure that I'm listening to those voices was another thing that I think I got bad, better at through my tenure on the board. 
Did this experience sour you on the possibility of volunteering and doing things to try to make a difference uh, in the future or not? I don't think so. I was raised that, you know, as part of a community, you go and you keep trying and it's not supposed to be easy. A lot of times when you're trying to change things, that's a difficult uh, road to take. And it's not easy. And if you just give up because it's hard, then I don't think you make any progress towards changing things for the better. So I think it might change how I approach things, but my desire to be someone in the community who works towards, towards tasks that are bigger than myself. I mean, I guess I was just raised with the idea that you're not just on this planet for you and what you can do for you and your own family, that you do have a higher purpose and a higher calling. And if you have skill sets that you think you can use to, for the betterment of the community, then you should do that. So I still feel that way. And I don't intend to stop being a part of the community and trying to make a difference for those people who, who either ask for help or need help or um, simply just want a place that they can come and express themselves. So, so looking back, any regrets about uh, about getting involved, or are you would you do it again? Uh, uh, you know, if it was if it was five years ago now, and you're getting ready to get started, would you would you go ahead and, and jump in, knowing how it worked out or not? It's a good question, and I have to say my honest answer is I don't know if I'd do it again. I have no problem with. Um, the things that I learned and the things that I did, there was an impact to my kids that I was not really prepared for. And they had to take quite a bit of anger and judgment that was directed towards them that I did not anticipate uh, having them have to navigate that because of things that I was doing. So that was the most difficult part of it for me is to see the way some of the relationships my children had changed, some of the issues that they had to navigate and some of the, you know, the fallout from them having to read about their mom being painted in a certain light uh, that was difficult for them and they felt was not accurately portraying. Um, but on the flip side of that, it caused us to have a lot of conversations in our house hold about how you treat people, how it is that you investigate things that you hear to make sure that you are making a judgment based on things you know, not just hearsay of what something that you've overheard someone else say. I would get feedback from them that was encouraging where they would say things like, mom, I understand why it is that you're doing this. And I think it's really important. And I'm really proud of you for doing that. So although part of me thinks maybe I wouldn't do it again, when I look at some of the growth that they had and some of the, the ways that they thought they think and how they approach things was molded as a result of this experience, I'm just so proud of the the growth that they've shown. Um, and so sometimes you want to shelter your kids from feeling some of those negative impacts, but that's not real life. And so the growth that they had and their ability to navigate that is something I'm really proud of. So 
part of me thinks I wouldn't do it. And then part of me is pretty grateful for, for the, you know, the positive that came out of some of the more negative aspects of it. So I, I, I guess I'll just answer the question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of touched on, on my next question and maybe if you could elaborate a little bit more, what, what was the cost to you personally? I mean, you kind of got into that with, you know, in terms of what your kids had to deal with and, but I mean, what was it, what was it like for you to, you know, to, you know, see these things, whether it was on Facebook or to, you know, to hear these things? Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was um, upsetting to have people uh, speak so negatively about you and to feel like they're entitled to speak for you and um, ascribe motives when they've never discussed anything uh, with you personally. I mean, I have people who wrote on Facebook regularly about what I thought or why I was doing something, uh, how how I felt about things that I have never had a single word of conversation with. And that is um, hard to deal with. I'll, I'll just be real honest. It's, it's, um, it's hurtful, um, but I just tried to pick myself up and dust myself off and keep trying to do the work that I thought was important for the reasons that I knew I was doing them because I thought that they were rooted in doing what's right for kids, trying to help staff be supported appropriately, and trying to make sure that all the voices in the community were heard, um, not just the ones that are most vocal or um, most represented. I mean, I think those, those minority voices are important voices too. So let's just jump ahead two years down the road, another election cycle. Somebody comes to you and says, I'm thinking about running for the school board. What advice can you give me? What, what would you say? Well, I think I would say it's a lot more work if you're going to do it well than you would ever believe it to be. There's so much research, research that has to go into it, so much um, time and effort. I mean, the board packets are hundreds of pages long. You usually only get them on a Thursday before a Monday meeting. And so if you're going to be prepared in the way that I thought it was appropriate to be prepared, it's a lot more time and effort than I ever understood it to be uh, when I was running. And I think I would say you have to have pretty thick skin and you have to feel very rooted in your own personal beliefs about why you're doing it and be able to clear the noise when it comes to other people who feel entitled to speak for you and maybe misrepresent what you're doing and you have to you know do the job anyway and get through that but it's it's i think it's a worthwhile job if you if done right i think if you're in it for the priorities of kids and staff uh that is really thankless work a lot of the time but that needs to be done in order for a community to function well and so I guess I would say uh, grow some thick skin and prepare for a lot more, you know, if you're going to really be prepared, it takes research and time. Um, if you're going to just kind of take the approach of letting other people tell you what they think the best, the best approach is and just kind of sign off on those approaches, then it's different than really making sure that you research on your own and understand the issues and the impacts and not just take somebody else's uh, word for, for some of those uh, reasonings. 
So do you still feel like one person can make a difference or, or not? Um, I have to, I do feel that like that. I tell my kids that, you know, one person's voice does make a difference. Maybe it's not a huge difference, but if you think of a ripple effect in a pond, one person out there championing, 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 that's a hard word for me to say, um, for other people is an important thing. And I think that um, your willingness to go out there and try uh, is an important thing. So I do, I do think one person makes a difference. So what is next for you? Do you have uh, something on your to-do list that you're getting ready to do or not? Uh, I think so. I'm going to, uh, I have a creative side of me that has taken a back seat as a result of all the hours and the preparation that I was doing for the school board. So now I'm going to find some more time for a more creative outlet. Uh, I like to do writing and crafting. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. And I'm just going to try and find the next opportunity that I have in the community to, to help out and to make a difference. So I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I have some ideas about the types of things I'd like to spend my time on. Well, we've been talking today with Megan Hennessy, who was a four-year member of the Muhammad Seymour Board of Education. Uh, before I let you go, anything else you would like to add? I just appreciate you having me on and look forward to seeing you around the community. All right. Well, thanks again for your time, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks, Fred. Take care.